Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. To those guests who've just joined us, welcome. Our next stop is the Magic Kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, we are approaching our station at the entrance to Main Street, USA, gateway to the seven theme lands of the Magic Kingdom. Welcome aboard the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. This is Justin Monorail. And I've got my whole monorail family in the room with me today. One of them giving me a weird look. We're going to start with you. I'm not here. Not here. I will mark you absent and I will be calling your parents. Chicken is here. <laughs> Garrett Monorail. Welcome back. Glad you're a non-willing participant in the show today. Bring your A game. Mm. <laughs> Secondly, we will introduce. Oh, oh no. Um, uh, yo mama. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. For being my mama? No. <laughs> McKenna Monorail is here. And lastly in the room. Samantha Monorail. Samantha Monorail with her giant jug of water on the table. This is a this is actually another part of like why don't we have a microphone set up? This it's another uh, cast member. Yeah, this is really rude. <laughs> <laughs> It'll have just as much to say as Garrett does, so... Uh, Suck it, Garrett! <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> I just... I need to drink my water today, yeah. so... No kidding. Look forward to many bathroom stops in your future. I we mean, may have to pause the episode. <laughs> While you take your bathroom stop, I'll introduce the final member of the Monorail family joining us via the magical Monday morning Monorail video hotline... It is Landon, the Dawes Doan. Landon, welcome to the monorail. Always fun to be joining you in the uh, monorail, uh, coming to you from the isolation station of love. I like how y'all have your own giant jug because I'm going to reach off camera here. I, too, have my own <laughs> giant jug. So, you know, mine's a little bit more fun. It's that uh, Lynchburg water you hear so much about. So uh, it's going to be a fun episode, I have a feeling. Well, you're fine because Lynchburg is a dry county. It's a dry town <laughs> in Tennessee. So... Obviously, it just had to be like nice distilled water that you've got there. Mm -hmm. Very good for you. Distilled in handcraft barrels, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed Lynchburg water right now. Aww, so sad. 75 hard. And I'm only da seven days in. I was going to say day uh -oh. two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Feels like it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you back to the monorail. This is episode number 143. And today is January the 18th, 2021. I wrote 2020. Yeah, that says 2020. Why'd you say 2021? I remembered in my pea brain the correct year. <laughs> and here we are. Well, as we like to do on the first segment of this program, is we kick it off by reviewing some headlines from around the Walt Disney World Resort. Today, we're going to get started with a couple things that are going away, been Pretty big topics of discussion over this last week. We had a chance to talk about them on Tuesday on the Parks and Monorail's Most Magical Hour, but the kids didn't get to weigh in, and I need to get Landon's opinion on these things as well. So let's start with the Disney's Magical Express news. In 2022, 
there will no longer be a magical express service from the Orlando International Airport to Disney and back again. It's being retired. So That's crazy. Yeah, those free buses that were provided as a service to guests staying on Walt Disney World Resort property. You know, you used to be able to step off a plane, bring your luggage down to the Magical Express table, desk, <laughs> table, <laughs> give them your luggage, tell them where you're going. They, they throw you on the bus with your luggage and off you go. Your, I mean... Your luggage would show up at your room eventually. <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Why do you say that? Because they're building uh, the train. Yeah, but that has nothing to do. You have to pay for the train. Yeah, and it but goes to. It's not going to go to specific hotels. It's just going to go to Disney Springs. Yeah, you figure out when you get there. I mean, it's going to be an option from uh, MCO for sure. And I'm excited about the train. Of course, we don't. You know, we won't have to worry about it necessarily. But Garrett, what do you think about this? Um, I don't know. How many times have we used that bus? Well, we never did because we drove down to Disney both times that we took a family trip. Exactly. So it's not really going to affect us much. I know, but okay. Agreed. But what about other people, Garrett? Not just you. you know, like, this- well, I mean, he was asking my opinion on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some people try to save money on their vacation. <laughs> well, basically what you're saying is people are either going to have to take that train that eventually will exist or rent a car or maybe do a Lyft or Uber service. Landon, as somebody who comes down to the Walt Disney World Resort, I know you don't stay typically on Disney property. Um, well, you stay on property just at a non-Disney hotel. Uh, have you ever done Magical Express yourself? No, I've never uh, experienced Magical Express myself. Uh, you made reference when I could, you know, come down there when the world wasn't as a on fire as I vaguely wave my hands around in the background. <laughs> um, I always would use a Lyft or an Uber. And I'll tell you, it's like uh, from MCO to my airport, that's about a $40 trip both ways. So um, I would have liked to have the option of a uh, of an express to drop me off in the Magic Kingdom. And I like, like for those going on their vacation that do want to enter that Disney bubble uh, that we talk about immediately, like when you get to the airport, boom, yeah. it's vacation time and you're inside that fun bubble. This is, it, this is kind of a bummer. And I mean, Disney ain't cheap. Staying on Disney properties ain't cheap either. So it does kind of suck that they're taking away this free way of getting you to yeah. Disney property. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the the train's coming eventually, but like you said, Jay, you're going to have to pay for it. And I mean, it's probably going to end up being faster, but at the same time, like, free's a nice price point for a lot of people, especially when you've already paid through the nose to get down to Orlando to go to the House of the Mouse. Well, you really think the train will be faster? Because the train, if I remember correctly, only gets you to Disney Springs. Well, Then you have to get on a bus with your luggage to get to your room. Yeah, I think Landon's or you, saying... Or, or Lyft or whatever. Yeah, I think Landon's saying point A to point B, from airport to Disney Springs, it's going to be a fast, efficient trip. Now, mm-hmm. getting to your hotel from there, of course, what I've been saying is, if you do choose to take the train to Disney Springs, what I hope is that there'll be some sort of like a luggage concierge service that'll pick up your luggage from there mm-hmm. and take it to your resort. And you could just hang out at Disney Springs, go get some well, food, do some shopping. That sounds a little bit like the free service they were offering well, at the airport. <laughs> you know, this could be just in like vans, essentially picking stuff up and dropping it off. Still be nice. Just a bunch of dudes in vans taking your stuff. Yeah. For like a van for each resort. I don't know. It's, you know... I think there are trade-offs. I personally, I've never done the Magical Express. I know what it's like because at one point I did take the um, 
Disney, I guess it's kind of a magical express. It was the cruise line bus that picks you up from Disney and takes you over to the, the port, Canaveral. They play Disney cartoons. You get to just hang out and relax. You don't have to worry about driving. And I realized that the Magical Express didn't always get the greatest reviews because people would say, well, you know, your resort's probably not going to be the first stop. And sometimes it takes some time to get your luggage. My argument is you make a trade-off, right? So it's free. You're getting the convenience of not having to worry about traveling, handling your luggage, doing all that stuff. I don't mind a little bit of inconvenience with that. I'll make that trade-off, but I know other people don't want to. We have a lot of our, our friends in the... Uh, monorail community and monorail fam that say they just prefer renting a car anyway so i think a lot of people aren't going to be affected but you know our friend lee over in the uk he was saying that in the future their flights are going to be coming into sanford instead of mco anyway yeah there's a lot of international flights in our area yeah really into into mm-hmm. sanford yeah. yeah wow yeah which um Maybe that means they'll upgrade the airport a little bit. Oh my gosh, they actually are already. So Good. Yeah. Ah. Wow. It's expanding and growing and stuff. So who knows? I mean, but that being the case, if a lot of international flights are coming in there, that's a huge chunk of MCO business, I guess. Yeah, would imagine. Mm-hmm. So anyways, just a change. It's something to be aware of. 2022, if you're planning your next Disney vacation you, you and you typically rely on that Magical Express, you need to be aware of that for sure. And keep in mind, if you're going to rent a car now, you also have to pay parking fees at the resorts. Yeah, so, that that thought did enter my mind. Yeah. They're going to charge you. <laughs> Disney. You know, I'm starting to think this whole thing is a profit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it always comes back to Disney trying to make money. What are they trying to do? <laughs> be um, a company. Yeah, be a company. Another thing going away for Disney Resort guests, extra magic hours. Mm. Yeah. So the Disney Parks blog actually announced that um, the extra magic hours are going to be replaced with early theme park entry as part of the 50th anniversary celebration. I don't know that we actually have a date for this changeover, but what's going to happen is instead of a particular park either having an an extra hour or a little extra time afterwards or before, all four parks are getting a... 30-minute early opening for resort guests. So every day, that's going to happen. So what do you guys, what do you think about that? I mean, it's pretty lame, actually, because that does affect us. Because everybody will be uh, able to get in that. You know, we don't stay at resorts all the time because we're local. And it would be very expensive if we did stay every time we went to Disney. Mm -hmm. But, um... I mean, and actually for two years, we didn't even stay at a resort at all. Um, So things that, you know, we might want to ride, we won't be able to do like a rope drop or anything Mm -hmm. on. But also uh, those people are paying to extra to be at Disney. So maybe, but still it just sucks. Yeah, that's the thing that I think of as a local. It essentially means, like you said, no more rope dropping because it's not possible. Now, we don't typically rope drop anyway, and we aren't really people who try to be, like, uh, day one people. First, Like, we're not first culture people, typically. I know Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was an exception to that, but come on. <laughs> like, come on, it's Star Wars. Come on. I mean, I don't know. McKenna might want to line up day one for Ratatouille. Um, maybe. <laughs> but I also think that... I don't know. I don't really hate that the extra magic hours are going away, 
not from because like I liked having them, mm-hmm. but also it lets people who are working go home instead of having yeah. to stay there forever. Well, you think that, but let me tell you but what. But then they always stay anyway. Well, I'm going to say something that changes that a little bit too, in that what they can do is if they don't offer extra magic hours at night, they either extend park hours for everybody or they start offering more after hours hard ticket events and charging people to be in the parks after a certain time. Hmm. Yeah. Because it gives them the ability to do that if they don't have to worry about an extra magic hour all the time, you know, at some park. So, I don't know. I guess I was going to say, we don't really rope drop typically anyway, so it doesn't really affect us that much. And what what I kind of hope an effect might be is that resort guests go earlier. They're encouraged to go earlier, and maybe they're out earlier. So, in the evenings, it's more open, a little more, you know, less crowded. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe that doesn't happen, but... That'd be nice. Yeah. Landon, you have any thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm more bummed about this news than I was uh, about the uh, Magical Express or whatever. Uh, I mean, obviously, we made reference whenever I come down, I don't stay on property. So I'm not able to partake in the uh, in the extra hours and stuff like that. But that was always a draw that was very nice. I mean, I already talked about staying on, on a Disney property isn't cheap. So that was a nice addition to it. But at the same time, it's like I'm... I was always aware of what park had extra or extra magic hours mm-hmm. uh, that morning because I knew to stay away from that park that day because it was generally a uh, cluster stuff. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, crazy busy lines uh, that you don't want to wait through. So I am kind of aggravated in that aspect that I no longer can plan around it mm. because everybody gets the 30 minute head start. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, We'll get over it, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's that's a really good point, actually, that you make. Typically, we would kind of do the same thing. I would, when I was looking ahead at what days we might want to go to what parks, I would check what parks had extra magic hours. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, maybe that one will be a little more crowded because resort guests are going to be funneled to that park. Yep. Maybe, maybe we go somewhere else. On the flip side of that, I remember when we took our 2014 trip, I planned park days based on where the extra magic hours were. Yeah. I mean, because we wanted more time in the parks. Yeah, that's true. So, again, just another thing that if you're staying on Walt Disney World Resort property, that you're this is a perk that you typically have had for the last two decades, three decades. I don't know how long they've been doing this. Long time. Long time. Now it's going to be gone. Just seems like a lot of perks are getting cut. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, very convenient for them because the COVID, Mm -hmm. they can use that as an excuse yeah. no you're right um and it's just i don't know i mean it's just crappy yeah and they can use this virus as an excuse but really they're just being kind of crappy right now yeah the the question has now come up and i've seen it being kind of bantered about on a lot of different social media platforms you start taking these perks away then what how do you sell me on paying a Disney premium to stay at a Disney resort if I'm not getting any perks for being there. Right. It's a fair point. Yeah. Well, And, and, and I know this is a uh, Walt Disney World podcast, but let's just look out on the left coast when uh, they announced that Disneyland's APs are just like, like they're, they're not uh, being canceled in 2020. They are, they're gone. Yeah. Sunset. Like, yeah. Like GTFO baby. Like, and 
I'm not going to lie. The thought did cross my mind. It's like, what if they do that out, out, out here? Now I realize like Disneyland to Walt Disney World are two different cultures. Generally in Disneyland, it's more of, you know, the locals and stuff like that, where Walt Disney World is more of like a, you know, you're, you're traveling yeah. from far and wide to come here. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to lie. That thought did cross my mind if they were to inter- introduce just getting rid of the APs. In, in Orlando. And and I'll be honest, like I, I canceled my AP uh, when the whole pandemic started and I'm wanting this pandemic to end so I can re-up yeah. on my AP. Yeah. I can't, I just can't imagine it's permanent. I, I think the issue you've got is that with Disneyland, it's been closed for nearly a year, mm-hmm. a yeah, year that's true. now. That's so there is going to be huge pent up demand for people to go to Disneyland. And, and they there's can, already huge pent up demand to go uh, to go into it now, and it's not even open, right? So they can charge a pretty penny for tickets to get into Disneyland for a while, and they'll bring it back. But the thing that I guess the debate is like, what do you do for the people who had them? When do you let them renew? Like they have, there's so much uncertainty around that when that resort's even going to be able to reopen. I think that has a lot to do with what's going on with the APs. Yeah, I just. Disney makes a lot of money uh, in Orlando and in California off of its annual pass holders. I I can't imagine them just totally getting rid of the program forever. I'll just say it right now. If they got rid of passes, I won't go again. Yeah. I I mean, if if there were no APs, I guess we'd be going to Universal. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like, like it sounds kind of like, like, oh, really? You won't go again? But it's like, I loved having the ability... So, uh, yes, I understand my situation somewhat different. You know, uh, I'm not a local, but I still have, uh, as I previously said, uh, airline points falling out of my butt. So I can just, all right, I got a couple of days off where I can ask off for work. I got my AP. Let's uh, let's book a flight, head down to Orlando, and I can just, you know, go to the parks. Which, I mean, granted, we are living in a very vastly different yeah. world right now. But if I didn't have that ability, if, you know, everything was... Uh, as it should be, or hopefully it will be again. Um, I don't know how often yeah. I would go down to Orlando. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so I just, I don't think this is forever for Disneyland, and I don't think the program's going to go away in Orlando. I just think it's a product of what's going on right now, and mm-hmm. they and they just are like, let's hit the reset button, and we'll figure it out when we open back up. Yeah, I mean, I truly mean that. I won't go, um, because what will end up happening is... Picking to go to Disney over like another trip yeah, a would be yeah, an, a vacation away from home right. is going to be like, what do I do? Because it's going to cost a lot yeah. to go to Disney mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to pass um, maybe once every four years. I would be like, let's go to Disney this yeah. time, but I'm not going to go all the time. No way. Yeah, I agree. And they're going to lose that- all their free promotion from content creators. <laughs> That's true, too. I know that sounds silly. No, you're right. That's a fact. But think about it. You got all these people who do these YouTube videos and stuff every day. People make podcasts about it. It's weird. It's crazy <laughs> weird. It's a free promotion. Disney will rue the day when they lose the monorail. <laughs> they true. will rue it. That's true. Don't don't you dare cross the monorail fam. We will fam. burn it down, Disney. <laughs> we, we ride together. Don't you forget it. Yeah. We're the fam. Um. A couple, I'm getting kind of mad about this. No, I we're fine. We're gonna end, we're gonna end this on a, on a, we're gonna go on an uptick here. A couple things I wanted to mention before we wrap up. First of all, uh, you know they've got rotating displays in a lot of the different um, pavilions in World Showcase in Epcot. Mm-hmm. They are changing out the one in the American Adventure. The one that's coming 
very soon is called The Soul of Jazz, an American Adventure. Jazz. Yeah. It's a new exhibit featuring Joe Gardner from Disney Pixar's okay. Soul in a musical tour of jazz throughout the, the decades. It's jazz. Jazz. I like jazz. I love learning about jazz. Yeah. But the only reason they're doing this is to put a... Um, to bring soul in. To throw put a character Not in. Not soul there. music, but jazz. I'm, this is like a who's on first situation. I think it's more they want to do a jazz thing and they just had a movie that has a lot of jazz and they're putting the character who is related to jazz in the jazz thing. Are you sure it's not more of a Or maybe we made this movie, let's uh we need to put it in the parks. Let's put it in the park. I, it could be it's that, both. That it, it's both, I think. The movie was popular and they're like people like this. So let's just put some put a jazz thing I'll, in the park. It's not like a huge thing. Well, I, I want to point out I want to point out something else too. Jazz is considered a like its roots are in African American culture. Yeah. Well, that's part of the movie. Right. So what I'm saying is now is a time in our country where it's pretty important that we shine a light on that sort of thing. Mm. That's a good point. Without African American culture, we wouldn't have most music. Mm-mm. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying jazz is one that's very closely tied to Afri- African-American roots. Yeah. So I, I think that this is really interesting, particularly because the show in the American Adventure doesn't necessarily show all sides of everything. No! So it's oh, crazy. So anyway, it's I, I like it. I'm for it. But Mark Twain... And Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> they have, don't kiss. They got some kind of they chemistry don't going on. <laughs> yes, they do. You're just blocking that part out of your memory. New they Pavilion. Do. Mark Twain and Ben Franklin's date. They don't kiss in the show. Yes, they do. This is this is Mandela effect. <laughs> They're kissing in the show. Um, finally, to wrap up segment one, Gideon's Bakehouse opened in Disney Springs oh, this God. weekend. Officially, oh boy, did it. The grand opening. And the line eventually had to be cut off because it got so long. Now, they were doing a virtual queue, but the anticipated wait time for people who got in at the end of that line was 11 hours. God in would, heaven. I, wouldn't you be in bed? Aren't well, you going to be in bed? you know, they got in line around like 8, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, so it'd be like 7 or 8 at night when they got called back. If it was, Do you go to bed then, McKenna? No. I nope. sadly do, but I but I get up in the middle of the night to go to work. So. Yeah. So, well, the funny thing about this was I made some jokes about it on Twitter because I just thought an eleven hour wait for cookies was it's absurd. Ridiculous. Even though it is, even though you know I get how the mechanics of it worked, but I had people that were jumping into my replies explaining what a virtual queue was. <laughs> do they know who they're talking to? I know you got like, well. Actually, that's hilarious. You're the virtual queue guy. I am the virtual queue guy. <laughs> okay, but where where is Lil Gideon's? Bakehouse. It's in Disney Springs. Little Gideon's. Oh, wait. That's a Gravity Falls Falls reference. Um, Well, anyways, um, I just had a question based on this. So, anyway, Gideon's cookies, go look at them. They're pretty ridiculous. Basically, basically they're like, would you like a bag of M&M's with a tiny little bit of cookie dough inside? Here you you go. Or would you like a bag of of chocolate chip, like, chips um, all over, like, maybe some crumbled cocoa dust? Here's a cookie. Um... That's, I mean, I want to try them. It's extreme. They are extreme. But, I would like to try them, so I guess I've been the minority in this house. I'm no, I'll try though. them. We need more Gravity Falls stuff. In the I, 
I agree with that. That's another topic for another day. I'm excited. I'm more excited about the donut place. Yeah, Everglazed is mm-hmm. open now. We didn't talk about that. We got to try like that. I would like to try that. But here's my question I wanted to pose to each of you as we wrap up segment one. Is there anything in the Walt Disney World Resort you would wait virtually or in a standby queue 11 hours for? No. No. I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Well, if it's virtual, right, you could do other stuff while you're waiting. What are you going to do in Disney Springs for 11 hours? Oh, I would virtual queue for 11 hours for the Ratatouille ride and then go <laughs> and eat. But you're in a theme park. So yeah. okay, wait, hold on. Do they have like m- like gorillas and monkeys in Rainforest Cafe? They have animatronic really. monkeys. Animatronic, like monkeys and stuff. Yeah. No. Yeah. I know what I'm going to do for 11 hours. <laughs> They'll kick you out. You won't be allowed. They won't see me. You, you're gonna be there? a monkey. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be part of the monkey. Look, I like shopping as much as anybody. I love going into World Disney. I can't. I just can't fathom. I, and I know you could leave Disney Springs, but essentially, in order to do this, you would have had to shape your whole day around, or, around getting a cookie. Yep. I mean, like, like if you expanded it to the parks, yeah, sure. I mean, I would. I would wait in an 11 hour queue for Rise of the Resistance. But if you're limiting it to Disney Springs, like I love Jock Lindsay's is. Maybe more than anybody. I don't know if I could spend eleven hours in Jock Lindsay and be like, okay, oh, just just four more hours and I get me a giant ass cookie or something like that. And it's like, Sam, I'm with you. I want to try one of these things, yeah. but but I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna agree wait. with Jay here. This is this is excessive amount of chocolate. And I say that as a fat guy. So like like I feel like I am the perfect person to talk about giant cookies that are really unhealthy for you. So fun fact, um, there's F-F. actually a Gideon's Bakery outside of Disney Springs yeah. less than like 20 minutes away. You could just <laughs> drive over there or get an Uber over there and get some cookies. And uh, you wouldn't be waiting 11 hours. But is it a s- This one well looks themed? cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks spooky uh, in there. It looks yeah, like an actually, old library or something. The theme yeah, is supposed cool. to be very similar. No way. Oh my god, I'm it. not even freaking lying. Don't believe it. I, I mean, believe. looking at these cookies, it's like like Jay and I were talking yesterday uh, about these things, and it's like the line from Jurassic Park where Jeff Goldblum's character says, "Yeah, you're so your scientists were so preoccupied with <laughs> if they can, they never stopped to ask, should they." <laughs> Like, 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 why? What is the point of this? And yes, I know I butchered the line. I apologize. But holy Lord in heaven. We, Come on, y'all. We get it, Gideons. We get it. Uh-huh. It's like, yes. No, it here is in America, the same. We love access. Like, like, like more is never uh, a bad thing. I'm going to disagree right here. And I'm looking at Gideon's Bakehouse because God in heaven. <laughs> like, I really hope they serve up an insulin shot after uh, every cookie. What does the, the theming look like? It's, it looks like an old library. I want to see it. Though. Actually, it may be 20 minutes away from our house and further from Disney Springs a little bit, maybe like <laughs> 30. 30, but still. That's um, not 11, 11 hours, hours exactly, compared yeah. to uh-huh. 30 minutes down the road. <laughs> it's not bad. Just wait till you see the virtual queue to get into that world's largest white castle when it opens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you hear about the Steak and Shake drive through that's coming to Orlando? No, but I don't the like Steak and Shake. The first ever drive through Steak and Shake. Oh, uh, we have one. No, it was a drive through in Knoxville. Are you no, talking about yeah, drive yeah, in? There's one in Turkey drive, Creek. Like, a, a drive in, like a Sonic kind of a steak and shake no there isn't a drive through steak and shake yes you could drive through the one in turkey creek no you can drive yes. through the one over next to the no, mall you can. yes you can no you like can't a yes, whole you can. thing like part yeah of the yeah you, you, no. you definitely can mckenna sorry no 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 so no, anyway no. The va- 
Hey, uh, fake news. No, no, no. All right. Nope, we're no longer saying that. It's my turn. We're going to wrap up fake news segment one. <laughs> it's time to head over to M34D. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. This is the Disney Deep Dive with the Dawes. And still alongside me is my friend Landon the Dawes Dome. Landon, are you ready for another round of M34D? Yes, with a question mark. <laughs> I mean, what is yes with a what question is, mark? What is yes? Um, <laughs> R.I.P. Our favorite, Alex Trebek. Yeah. Yeah. What a guy. Mm-hmm. Well, I know why you're a little trepidatious today. We're going to be covering a subject that you really, I mean, you feel like maybe you had no exposure to at all. It's quite possible you didn't experience. And one that I know that I did experience, but as we were doing the research for this particular segment, I realized there were things that I thought were in other places that were actually in this attraction. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're saying is it's going to be a really good edition of M34D, everybody. Well, we've done the research we have our facts in front of us. We're going to stick to the facts and just the facts, ma'am. And uh, we'll see how far we go. That's a Moana song. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to tie it to Disney. I, I, I appreciate sticking to the gimmick. Yeah. Let's remove this veil of secrecy around the topic for today's M34D. We are still in Epcot. We're still talking early Epcot and retired Epcot at this point. These are things that... Some of these things we're talking about don't exist anymore. This one, a large hole has been created in its absence (laughs) in future world. Um, But we are indeed going to be discussing Communicore. I will probably plop in Innoventions music behind this. I doubt I can find separate Communicore. I'll try if I can find Communicore music if it was different. That'll be the bed of the episode. I have faith that you can pull it off. If anybody can, it's you, Mr. Monorail. We'll give it a shot. Interventions music is really good, though. So if we end up there, we're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> all this, all the, all the background music in Epcot's really stellar. So, yes, you know, I was going to differentiate and say, well, especially Future World, but even the World Showcase music, mm-hmm. it's all yeah. so good. It's top-notch theme park music for sure. But, um, yeah, we're going to talk about Communicore today. Communicore is interesting because it was a product of the concept for what Epcot was actually supposed to be. And maybe it was the most, I would say, like, true to that concept, um, the most faithful to the original idea of what Epcot was going to be in design and original execution Although there were some changes that had to be made because it ended up not being a true community center. But this was really supposed to be the community core, thus Communicore, of the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, Epcot. So think about Magic Kingdom. Let's start there. When you enter Magic Kingdom, you first go into Town Square 
and then you walk through Main Street USA. You've got your restaurants, you've got shops, you've got your necessities, things you're going to need for the day and souvenirs. You've got, you know, it really sets you up for what the idea of the uh, of the park is going to be. You're, you're being transported to another place in time and it's your gateway to the rest of your experience in Magic Kingdom. Communicore was really intended to be that for Epcot. When it was designed, the intent was that guests would actually have to pass through it before they went to any other place in Epcot. So with that in mind, they had restaurants, they had shops, and then they had exhibits, really that were demonstrating inventions and and um, hands-on technology that you could experience firsthand uh, before you stepped out into the rest of Epcot. But it also tied back to a lot of the future world, other, other pavilions, and we'll, we'll talk more about that as we go. If you remember... Think, think about a map of Epcot in your mind, especially an old map. You've got Spaceship Earth as that, you know, the, the thing that draws your eye. It is the mm-hmm. icon of the park. And then you have these two semicircles that almost make like a halo around Spaceship Earth. You would probably know them as interventions. You now know them as gutted construction <laughs> disasters. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, eyesores, for sure. That the, uh, the walls that they've put up around them don't really protect you from um, what is happening behind those walls because those buildings were large and right now they're they're mostly gutted but but the, this is where Communicore was I mean it was Communicore up until January of 1994 it you know when they decided to close it and rework it it became interventions but most people if you've got any exposure to Epcot over in, in the past you, you think about these things as maybe a place that you didn't even really spend a lot of time in because as time went on, Interventions was really like a shell of its of its former self. A lot of the sponsors and exhibits kind of rotated out. They didn't really get re- replaced with much. And in fact, um, when I think of Interventions, there's only a couple things that can come that come to mind as things that I remember really clearly. And one of them was there was a whole like wing of Interventions that was just video game consoles. Yep. <laughs> I remember that we were uh, talking before we started rolling. That's the one thing that uh, rang bells for me yeah. when it came to Communicore slash Interventions. And, and like, I'm going to say what I said last week about Journey into Imagination, you know, in the in, in the part afterwards with all the interactive stuff. It's like when it was first introduced, the technology was killer and cutting edge yeah. and very, you know, wow, look at this. But as technology caught up to it, it became like, a oh, OK, this is this is kind of yeah. cool to the point where technology surpassed. It's like, OK, this is just kitsch. And now we have a row of PlayStations here, uh, <laughs> you know, showing off the latest Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it it did get to the point they they had that the thing we reference often a Tomorrowland problem of mm-hmm. you know how do you keep this fresh and innovative when people have the kind of technology that they have in their hands or in their homes and you still want it to be engaging and and the idea was really to kind of open your eyes to what tomorrow could be the possibilities and the promise of tomorrow but you know. It's difficult and probably very, very expensive when technology moves as fast as it does mm-hmm. to keep some sort of uh, an exhibit like Interventions and Communicore was fresh and new and exciting for people when really it's it, we've all become pretty jaded by the technology that we have. Let's just be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last week we talked about the technology we all have in our hands or in our pockets. I mean, just in our, our phones alone. Like, like yeah. I've, I've always heard, you know... Um, 
uh, NASA could have gotten to the moon with the technology yeah. we have in our phones. I don't know if that's true, but I wouldn't be shocked if it is. But yeah, like you said, like as fast as technology moves, it really is that Tomorrowland uh, problem. Yeah, the Tomorrowland problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, Interventions ended up being closed just, you know, uh, uh, it's September 7th of 2019. So actually my mom's birthday, a little, <laughs> almost a year and a half ago. Happy birthday, mom. Closing Interventions. Yep. Way to go, Aunt Janice. You did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now and now it's being totally gutted and, and the whole thing redone. I want to take a step back just a little bit and talk a little bit more about kind of the 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 original design, because I think there's some really interesting things when you just think about Communicore from, from a design perspective. One of them was, if you remember these, like I said, these buildings were really tall. A main reason for that is there was supposed to be a second floor to Communicore. And on that second floor, there was going to be a people mover system. Yeah. It would have been so cool. Yeah. The people mover around Epcot. It'd be a really long ride, but I mean, even just contained inside Communicore, that would have been, that would have been yeah. really cool. Well, Communicore is huge because what well, was huge. Both of the buildings, you've got two semicircles as I, as I described <laughs> East and West. And one thing that's always confusing about Epcot is when you think East and West, you naturally are kind of thinking I enter the park, I'm headed North. So East is right. West is left. Epcot is reverse of that because you actually head <laughs> south into Epcot. So that well, that's really, not confusing at all. I know it really trips the brain up. <laughs> so when you talk about Communicore East, you're actually talking about what's on the left hand side. Um, so that's kind of weird. But um, yes, the, the buildings themselves were like 100,000 square foot each. And they were built in these semicircular designs with removable outer windows so that they could be added onto and almost double the size of both buildings. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you already start with a massive piece of real estate and you have the option to double it. Yeah. Wow. Humongous. We're talking about it would have been, you know, if things had fully come to fruition, 400,000 square feet uh, <laughs> of exhibition space. <laughs> That's quite large. Yeah, it's it's hard to even imagine that. Uh, but yeah, that that was kind of the idea. And and again, the reason being, this was the core of what Epcot was supposed to be. And and the whole idea was everything that you experienced in Epcot was going to radiate out from these buildings. Another idea that was put into practice with Communicore was this was like I said, it was a way to demonstrate technology. It was a way to introduce people to personal computing. So. One of the themes throughout the building was trying to get people more comfortable with the idea that computers were safe and user-friendly and something you could have in your home eventually, and it, was, it wasn't something to fear. Justin, that's ridiculous. There's no way that me, Joe Q Public, could ever have a personal computer in my own home. It's totally crazy because, honestly, you know, back in those days, well, just, just ride through Spaceship Earth, and when you get mm -hmm. to the, the computer room, Massive. Massive. Computers used to take uh -huh. up whole rooms. Just chongases of technology. Yeah. So we were on the verge at this point of computers, you know, really becoming um, more available and uh, a, a more reasonable idea for people to have in their own house. But we were just on the tip of that. So people were still like, ah, you know, why? Why do I need a computer in my house? What What really, what good is that going to do? me? Um <laughs> Oh, how the times have changed. Yeah. So that was another thing going on. And, and when we get to inside the attraction and some of the exhibits, we're, we're going to talk more about that because the Sherman brothers are going to come back in a big mm. way. 
Hmm, you know, I've heard of these uh, particular brothers. Yeah. We need to add another song to the list of ranking the Sherman brothers. Literally just took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so we talked a little bit about the size. Uh, one thing that you'll notice if you if you do a little bit of this history research that we've done on Communicore is some adjustments had to be made based on the fact that as they were constructing Communicore, they found sinkholes they didn't necessarily expect. And so, originally, the Odyssey restaurant that we now know as the Epcot Experience, um, still called the Odyssey, was going to be attached to Communicore East. Unfortunately, a sinkhole opened where that was supposed to be, (laughs) so they had to move the location. That sinkhole is now still a small lake right there. Just off the off the side of the Odyssey, it's it. They didn't fill it in. They just ended up making it uh, a a water feature of Epcot, which is kind of cool. That is cool because uh, I guess when uh, life gives you sinkholes, you make it a, a water feature. Yeah, you know that old saying. I mean, you got to make the best of it. <laughs> we mentioned it had restaurants. Uh, one of the things that it had was uh, the Sunrise Terrace, which eventually expanded when they added on a little bit. And then it also had um, a restaurant that would eventually become the Electric Umbrella. That everybody sorely misses. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, But it was called the Stargate Restaurant from 82 to 94. It served breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, I mean, a lot of it, it wasn't like exciting, um, innovative foods like we're hoping to get at uh, Space 220 when that eventually opens someday. Uh, yeah, qu- <laughs> opening soon? Question mark. <laughs> but, but you could get omelets uh, for breakfast, which is nice. Hey, never a bad time for an omelet. I know. Uh, but then for lunch, dinner, it was like hamburger, pizza, salad, that sort of thing. Nothing. Okay, crazy. apparently there is a bad time for an omelet after <laughs> breakfast. My bad. <laughs> yeah, it became a little more like what you'd expect at the Electric Umbrella for years to come. And then, of course, there was beverage base. That was near the the Stargate that offered, you know, snacks, popcorn, fruit, dessert, that sort of thing, and drinks. One of the things I definitely wanted to pick out uh, and talk about was the large shop that was part of Communicore. And it launched as a place called Centorium, which was actually a two-level shop, the largest one in Epcot. In 1999, they had to move it while they uh, reimagined it and redesigned it, and then it eventually became mouse gear but yeah yeah mouse gear is great i loved mouse (laughs) gear um and i hope that when it comes back that it's better than ever when they get that rebuilt and i think they've made a lot of progress on mouse gear by the way um i was gonna say the last time i was down there it's like i had to ask several cast members where the heck is mouse gears because like they had it tucked and hidden away and then it's like oh there's a series of signs with arrows and i had to follow signs to get to mouse gears like what is going on it's not ideal for epcot honestly because you do have to kind of like take a little adventure to find Mm -hmm. the yeah yeah you definitely take the scenic route to yeah, get to it's over by the the future home of um, Guardians of the Galaxy coaster to get in there, but um, but yeah, when it opens back up, and again, I think they're I think they're getting very close. I think walls are going up and stuff. So I mean, it still could be several months, but they are making progress. But yeah, opening soon? Question mark. But I I loved I loved Mouse Gear. I do actually remember Centorium, and I it, you know I don't know maybe it's me. I enjoy a two level um, souvenir shop. <laughs> um, I enjoy that. It gives like some dynamics to the place. And uh, they had a glass elevator in there and I love a glass elevator. Ooh, that's fancy. Yeah. 
So you could also and, buy and, tape players. <laughs> what are those, Grandpa? Uh, and, and and also, I think the original name fits more than Mouse Gears because it's like I, I I love going there, but I have wondered. It's like, why is it called Mouse Gears? Yeah, I think that this the whole reason that they changed the name was just the connection to like Centorium. People ha- may not have any clue that that's a shop. But Centorium sounds cool. It is. It is a cool name, and I, I would love for them to bring it back. Uh, but you know, alas, Mouse <laughs> Mouse Gear will remain. Yeah, Mouse Gear seems like it uh, it caught on, so... Yeah. And I wonder, too, like, as we talk about when that reopens, I wonder if they're going to keep a lot of that original kind of design where, in Mouse Gear, they actually had, like, large sprockets that were interconnected and things mm-hmm. were moving in the building so it looked like you were in a big, big machine. I wonder how much of that's going to come back. I hope that... I hope it'll be there. I'd yeah. love to see it. Be nice. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to talk about the, uh, in regard to design of Communicore. One thing that made it different from Main Street USA is that Communicore is surrounded or was surrounded by guest areas and attractions and other things. There was no backstage area to Communicore. Therefore, they needed an underground system of tunnels, just mm. like the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> so they created Epcot. They're not called, I guess they're not called Utilidors. I don't see them really referred to that but uh, they are kind of a simplified version of that where access could be attained near the in- near the backside of the energy pavilion there's a ramp down and then the tunnels ran all around in kind of a horseshoe shape around the uh, uh, underneath communicore so they could you know people <laughs> could move things around people could move around without being necessarily seen by guests so that's cool, and uh, Disney sure does love their uh, underground tunnels. Yeah, and it's so weird that they do it in Florida, because this isn't a place where you find basements, because, <laughs> uh, you know, the the water level, the water table tends to be kind of high, and it's swampy, and, you know, I think that's just a construction marvel in, of, in and of itself, that they <laughs> <laughs> have underground areas to these parks. Only Disney in Florida. <laughs> I guess they pro- Magic Kingdom was built up on a berm. I don't know that Epcot was, but maybe it was. And that's something I'd have to maybe do some extra research on. I won't do it. <laughs> I was going to say, but you love research so much. <laughs> Let's just say it wasn't. And they dug into the ground. There we go. Boom. And, and since it's on a podcast, it must be true. <laughs> so we talked a little bit about, you know, we talked about restaurants. We talked about the shops. Let's talk a little bit more about the kinds of exhibits and attractions that you could find when you visited Communicore. Starting with Communicore East, and again, this would have been on your left-hand side of your forward motion as you entered Epcot. This is where you would find the Astuter Computer Review from 1982 to 1984, short-lived, but it was the very first backstage show that actually was centered around you got to see the computers that were responsible for running like all of Epcot. And of course, at that time, it looked like Mission Control because <laughs> they, the computers were huge cabinets. It, it really did. It was like this really huge, impressive thing to look at. Nowadays, they probably could run Epcot from a couple of phones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you had a little shrunken down dude that sang the computer song. And that was the Sherman Brothers song I was referring to. If you've never heard it, uh, I don't know where I would place it uh, in terms of all-time great Sherman Brothers songs. It's it's catchy, but it's also it's pretty silly. <laughs> I don't. Well, they all can't be winners, Jay. Yeah, 
I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to say anything bad about a Sherman Brothers song. It, I think there's probably a reason that you don't necessarily hear it coming back up in you know when we do like historical reviews of Epcot songs. We get Tomorrow's Child, we get Horizons, we get those sorts of things. We don't really get the Astuter Computer. <laughs> Though I do like uh, saying it the name Astuter Computer Review. Yeah, Astuter Computer. And again, the whole idea was to you know let people know computers were nothing to fear. <laughs> Don't be afraid of computers. They're not going to eventually take over and become Skynet or anything like that. Yes, they're absolutely not. And I'm definitely not saying this for a future reference when our computer uh, robot overlords take us over. (laughs) Well, in 84, that show changed over to Backstage Magic. It replaced the Astuta Review. And you got a computer operator named Julie and her graphic sidekick, I.O., or Input Output, demonstrating the operation of audio animatronics found throughout the park. So... Still, pretty cool to see. And this isn't something, you know, a lot of these backstage behind the scene things nowadays, you've got to pay money to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's where my mind went immediately when you said that the Astuter computer review was the first, like, look behind the scenes, so to speak. It's like, yeah, nowadays it's like you, you'd probably have to pay what, like, like 75 bucks an hour or something like that. Yeah. Or h- how much is the keys to the kingdom? Isn't oh. it like tw- uh, $2,500 an hour and you have to commit to like four hours or something like that? <laughs> God. <laughs> Easy. Easy. No, yeah, Easy absolutely. Uh, speaking of, let me check and see if I won the Powerball this weekend. And uh, <laughs> nope, I did not. Oh. I got to go to work. Sorry. Dang. I was really hoping you did. You and me both, buddy. I wanted to also talk about Smart One, SMRT-1, a small (laughs) interactive robot that would play guessing games with guests. He was voice activated. Um, If you look at the the pictures that you can find on the internet of Smart One, it's it's hilarious because he looks like kind of a blown up version of like a toy I remember having back when I was growing up uh, in the late 80s. Um, Those little robots that maybe you could like type on them and they would like speak you know, whatever you typed or different things like that. But it, it's, I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's not that impressive to look at. No, no, but I can definitely see uh, looking at some images of it right now uh, where you did get that vibe of having a toy of yeah. him or, or a toy that looked like him. Yeah. He, uh, you know, looked like something that you could take home, just a blown up version. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, FYI, if you do a Google search, you have to specify uh, SMRT1, because if not, you will see the meme from The Simpsons where Homer spells smart as he burns his high school diploma. So. <laughs> Always got to get a Simpsons reference. Mm-hmm. He is so smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you might wonder what the fate of Smart One was, and I can tell you that it lived on for a little while after they took it out of Communicore. It actually was moved over to the Concourse Steakhouse of the Contemporary, and hmm. um, it had a little accident. Uh-oh. It, it had an accidental fall. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It, it wasn't totally destroyed. It, it, was, it was damaged, but it wasn't totally destroyed, and they eventually sold it off, so... No Do longer. we know who bought it? Because uh, Smart Money says it was uh, Robin Lopez. <laughs> it could have been Robin Lopez. Yeah, we should we should maybe uh, put out a a call on the old Twitter and see if someone knows the location of Smart One, and if it still talks. I'd love Ooh, to know that. That'd be cool after all these years. Yeah. Another attraction that you could experience while you were over at Communicore East was the Compute a Coaster. I bring this one up because it lived on uh, when. Communicore became interventions in that 
the idea was you built your own roller coaster and then it would show you a view as if you were riding it. When it when it came to interventions, it was called the sum of all thrills. You built a coaster and you got to sit in basically like a robot kooka arm that would, you know, simulate all the motion with you inside of it. In other words, something that would make me extremely nauseous. <laughs> and- I was going to say, it's like growing up, uh, the, you remember in Knoxville at Westtown Mall when uh, they had like the arcade when the movie theater opened up and stuff like yeah. that. Upstairs, they had one of these yep. and I, I wrote it and it was fun. And I could be completely wrong on this. I feel like Disney Quest had something very similar to this. I think you're right. I think you're right. And, I, and it wouldn't be a shock. Maybe not exactly the same thing, but some version of like mm-hmm. a simulator yeah. coaster thing that you could go into. Yeah, um, that seems right. Uh, and and as, as we already stated, if it's on a podcast, it must be yeah. true. So. Mm-hmm. It's a fact now. <laughs> yeah. Check the facts, Jack. I wanted to point this one out, too. This is interesting. So Communicore East, another attraction, the Great American Census Quiz. You had an up to the minute U.S. population counter. There were six different multiple choice quizzes based on recent national demographic data, the 50 states, population clock, school days, communication line, on the farm, and home sweet home, which is kind of interesting. I I don't know. Like, you know, basically, it's not like they were updating it every time there was a birth. They had some sort of a a calculation (laughs) based on, well, there's this many births every day and this many every hour, and they would would increase it. So it was like it looked like an up-to-the-minute counter of population, but... That's where things always kind of fun to see. That's cool and interesting. And I'm sure it was super popular because when kids go on vacation to Walt Disney World, that's what they want to do. Take tests. (laughs) Yeah. I did that kind of stuff. Why? Because there were touch screens. Well, yeah, I'm a nerd. But but also I got to play with like the touch screen, different things. And that at the time was a super exciting technology. That is true. Yeah. I'll give you that. You nerd. (laughs) Uh, there was a travel port that was hosted by American Express, where basically you could see slideshows of various vacation destinations. And then you could actually go over to the American Express travel service office and book a vacation. <laughs> uh, of course you could. Yeah. You know, to create some synergy with the Energy Pavilion, there was an energy exchange exhibit where they had such such exciting... <laughs> Zoe's oh, excited boy. about it. Yeah, Zoe uh, doesn't think we talked enough about the American Express Travel Pavilion. <laughs> She's ready to book a vacation, and I don't Yep. Mm-hmm. She says, I have air miles, too. Sorry. <laughs> so, in the energy exchange, you could visit such exciting exhibits as the Offshore Drilling Exhibit, the Blowout Preventer, <laughs> the Coal Locator... <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, there were video bicycles that would demonstrate how much power it would take to, like, if you were just pedaling, how much power you would gener- like you would need to generate to uh, come up to the equivalent of a gallon of gas. By the way, it was seven days worth of pedaling. Wow, that seems like a lot. Yeah, and you probably didn't have a seven-day ticket, so you weren't, yeah. weren't going to be able to do that. That, that would be a very uh, expensive gallon of gas. Extremely expensive, just to, yeah. <laughs> um, and you would probably have to take a, a blowout preventer uh, to, uh, you know, s- uh, save yourself uh, some time over those seven days. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> I'm the worst. So it's good. Uh, <laughs> before we before we hit the record button, it was uh, poop jokes oh, yeah. galore. Uh-huh. And yep. I knew right in the toilet. I, I knew that we were going to make it back there. <laughs> 
In Communicore West, you had Futurecom, sponsored originally by Bell System, then AT&T. And uh, there were things like the Information Fountain, which was composed of several types of communication media, including television, radios, records, video, laser, (laughs) laser disc, audio disc, newspaper, telephones, all that sort of thing. The Age of Information was an animated mural with video with wooden figures, computers, and hand-on games uh, surrounding the mural. Um, amazing microchip. It was a large microchip maze that you could go through while younger kids could go through. Okay. Intelligent network, uh, a vast 20 by 30 foot fiber optic map of the U.S. showing long distance telephone routes. <laughs> Man, all these cutting edge technologies. Yeah. And then teleconferencing, a series of monitors demonstrating teleconferencing. You could talk to cast members, basically, is what you could do on the teleconferencing monitors. Oh, boy. Wow. Do you remember, this is something I always think about when I just think about uh, technology that we have totally sunsetted and surpassed by a million miles. Non-Disney, Nickelodeon used to do this thing where they would occasionally, I remember for some reason them doing it around Halloween time, there was a contest where they might call your home phone. And if you answered the phone, you had to say some sort of a phrase. And Mm -hmm. like that was the first thing that you said when you answered the phone. And I don't know. It was probably something about um, Snick at night or something. I don't know what it was. If you did that, you could win a video phone. Do you remember that? I don't remember winning the video phone, but I do remember that contest. And I just remember confusing so many of my mom and dad's <laughs> friends when I would answer the phone that way. Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, uh, be like, uh, snick at night all, all night or something. Yeah. Like, long pause, long pause. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, and, and you mentioning video phones like that, like I completely forgot that was a technology that, that, was out there and then went away and I had a friend's mom who was incredibly paranoid of video phones like like it, it, she would bring it up randomly like like we would just be having a conversation it would somehow get on the topic of not video phones like a phone call and you'd be like yeah and then somebody on the other end of their video phone will see me just looking terrible and looking to my home I'm like <laughs> I, I I just wanted to get a coke out of the fridge <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's so funny to think about like the way that that technology seemed, it seemed so exciting and so futuristic Mm -hmm. back in those days. And they would demonstrate it when they would do these contests, they would demonstrate it on Nickelodeon and the pictures were so bad. It was, it, first of all, it was like a slideshow. It was all jerky and like the frames per second was very, very low, but also it was extremely pixelated. Like it could have been anything or anybody um, on the other end of that video phone, but I wanted it. I was hoping I would win it. I, I wonder if anybody still has one of those. Hmm. It'd be cool. But That would be cool. I always wanted that orange couch that, that, that they were giving away. Yeah, that too. I would have taken That thing would have been awesome. <laughs> So uh, probably not comfortable, though. Yeah. Basically, what we're demonstrating to you is the key problem, as we mentioned at the beginning of this discussion with Communicore and in that uh, how do you what do you do with something like this when all of a sudden technology starts exploding in the world and um, the things you're demonstrating within this exhibit just become passe and, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and even talking about the energy pavilion, you know, the the alternative forms of energy emerge the the way that we you know start thinking about the earth and trying to be um, more 
environmentally minded changes. And so then all those things really need to change. And um, it's just, it's a problem that would never end. Uh, so they decided to revamp Communicore. Again, it closed in January of um, 1994. And then it reopened in... I, I don't... When when exactly did Innovations... Innoventions reopen? Was it 94? Was it still 94? Maybe. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was the fall of 94, if I remember correctly, like October, September, September. somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. Okay. So September 94, Innoventions open. So, you know, an eight to nine month uh, reimagining refurb. Innoventions focused a little more on hands-on kinds of things. Again, we said uh, video games were available <laughs> for you to play. <laughs> They did have an IBM exhibit, and our friend Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz actually was a operating participant that would host that de- uh, demonstration at the IBM exhibit, and maybe maybe eventually we'll convince her to come on and talk about that, because I think that would be fun. That would be a fun conversation. Yeah. Xerox was there. GE was there. Um, there were things like, I can remember there was a, a Segway exhibit where they would teach you to ride a Segway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> probably sponsored by Segway, and there's probably like a Segway dealership tucked away in the back, too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there being one about basically what to do if there was a fire in your house and um, how to identify like fire hazards. Um, well, obviously panic and run out screaming. Duh. Yeah, definitely. So they would put you in a house and it was it was a competitive thing. Like I remember the kids and I, <laughs> we were a team and we were going up against other teams that were inside this it was kind of like a miniature version of a house and you would go from room to room and i think the idea was identify all the fire hazards and then move on to the next and whoever like either did that the fastest or found the most i don't know got to live or something you got like to survive it. yeah you weren't burned interventions in making fire safety competitive i love it yeah <laughs> so you know different things like that but then interventions closed down september 7th of 2019 as we mentioned and now it is literally, literally a shell of its former self. Totally hollowed out. Um, I wonder what it looks like in there right now. Go, you can see right through it. It's like, Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I read about uh, when they were talking about the original design of Communicore was the, the outside windows being non-weight-bearing. And that, you could tell that that was definitely true because when you walk around the outside of the Interventions buildings, there are no walls on the sides of those buildings. You can, I mean... I, they're just hold, held up by like beams and other supports, but you can see right huh. in there. Um, wow. Okay. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's been a hot minute since I've been down there, but uh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of nuts that they have that just open and exposed. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know a lot of changes. A lot of things are coming for Epcot in the future. And, uh, you know, hopefully I, a lot of that I know has been slowed down by the global pandemic, but I hope that they don't end up having to make a lot of sacrifices to what Future World was going to be, because as much as I love old Epcot, I I know I'm sitting here talking about the problems that were presented by old Epcot. I was pretty excited for what was to come in in Future World, Um, Mm -hmm. and I hope that a lot of that gets to eventually come to fruition, even if it takes a little bit longer. So... This, yeah, this. I would. I would prefer them to take their time and get to that vision that they had, as opposed to be like, "All right, well, you know, we're gonna sacrifice sixty percent of what we've yeah. talked about, and here it is, because we had a deadline or something." Yeah. Deadline, you know, exactly. Let's let's 
you know, let's not worry so much about like, oh, we had a date plan to finish this whole mm-hmm. future world project. Let's maybe consider there were some extenuating circumstances yeah, huh? <laughs> and maybe push all that out. You know, I keep thinking about that convention pavilion that they were going to be building that multi-tiered thing uh, that was going to um, look out into World Showcase Lagoon. And now it's basically the the last thing I heard about it is that there's going to be a convention area. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think they're building that that building at all. I think it's just like been scrapped. And uh, that's pretty sad because that was going to be an impressive piece of construction itself. Mm-hmm. So. And I mean, obviously what's going on in the world is sad in its own right. But I mean, like, like it, it, it kind of gave me vibes like back after uh, uh, the events of September 11th and 2001, like when, uh, you know, the amusement park industry just took a hit. And nobody wanted to fly or travel anywhere. And it's like like they had to scale back on a lot of yeah. pie in the sky ideas that they had. Yeah, it's true. And it's sad because there's a lot of things that were like fantastic exciting ideas that just never got to see the light mm-hmm. of day and I, and I worry about how much of um, the Epcot project the the reimagining of Epcot is going to be yeah. left on the table but we'll see hopefully hopefully things get moving again and and they just like I said they put it off and and eventually we get these things even if it's maybe another eight to ten years but yeah I mean that was Communicore and Interventions um we will reach out to, to Jen, and I, I hope maybe she's listening now, and uh, maybe she'll, she'd will she be willing to come on and chat with us about interventions and what her experience was like there. That'd be a fun little M3-4D departure. Mm-hmm. That would be fun. Maybe uh, we could uh, get it sometime in February once uh, we do the whole uh, you know Monday through Friday monorail. Mm-hmm. 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 That'd be a good plan. We got to find content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you committed to this. You're just like... Oh crap! I got I actually got to do this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's exactly what Sam was saying to me this morning. Um, so, all right. Well, let's wrap this one up. We got another segment coming for you today. So, three segment show. Back to the full strength monorail. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Welcome back to the monorail. It is now time for segment three of the show. Our feature. Sh- our, what do we call this? This is our potpourri section. Our poo-pourri. miscellaneous section. Oh my God. You, you did not just say potpourri. You spray it in the toilet so it doesn't stink. <laughs> Most well, that's two segments worst. in a row. We've talked about poop. Yep. <laughs> Why did we talk about poop the first time? You weren't part of M34D. Oh. A whole bunch of poop jokes. <laughs> Before and during when we recorded. Yep. Well, that's not what we're going to talk about. Wait, were you talking about Carousel of Progress? Oh, oh my uh, That was oh. a joke. Wah, 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 wah. Not a funny joke. For this segment, I think we should talk about more monkeys. No. Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> a big show came to Disney Plus this past week. Mm-hmm. Much anticipated. As you know, we didn't get a Marvel movie in the year 2020. But now we have a brand new Marvel series 
And it was so cool. WandaVision. You better not spoil anything. We're not going to spoil it. it. We're not going to talk about WandaVision. I'm literally going to spoil it. Wait, Garrett, you didn't watch it with us. No, I wasn't there. Lame. Yeah. I'm not digging into WandaVision, but what it did was it started me once again thinking about how I would love to see more of a Marvel presence in the parks. And I realize we have an issue because of the deal with Universal and they have the rights to all these characters in the parks for now. I just wanted to play around with the idea of what we might like to see Disney do with Marvel in the parks someday in the future. Just kind of a blue sky kind of a concept. I know we're getting the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster in Epcot. So we're getting that. But we don't really have on the East Coast. We don't really have any other Marvel presence. So what comes to mind when I say that? What characters do you want to see? What kind of interactions, experiences? What do you think? Doctor Doom. And I would love for him to have a drop tower. Oh, my God. (laughs) I Okay. I think... I think there should be like a Marvel area, like a city, mm-hmm. and and they should have comic characters on the. Shut no, up! No, no, no! Like a city, not like a little like air, a town area like that. Like it would be like a little New York. Mm-hmm. Villains would come out sometimes and start like causing a ruckus, <laughs> and then some like a superhero would show up and like, take them down. I think that would be really cool. That would be cool. Where would you put that? <laughs> I have no idea somewhere in hollywood studios hollywood studios for sure i think that would work but then that would be like okay well the muppets area already looks like a city let's just throw it in there i think that's probably what would happen is they would take that area they would make it look more like a downtown new york type area like it used to and uh then you'd get marvel superheroes running around stinky so thanks garrett you just got rid of the muppets (laughs) i got rid of the muppets I just killed the Muppets. You did. Yep, hashtag save the Muppets is now canceled. Thanks, Garrett. <laughs> Garrett just killed the Muppets. I'll tell you I what. I'd really like to see Spider-Man like, uh, appear and like take down a villain in the parks, though. That would be really there cool. There is a uh, ride you can ride with Spider-Man in it. Not McKenna. I'm not talking about a ride. Why don't you and Steffers start a Universal podcast? I don't want really good, a though. Universal podcast. <laughs> um, it seems like you do with how much you're talking about it. I just think it's funny. I love a good joke. Yeah. You know what else they could do that I don't like? <laughs> wow. Oh, this is going to be good. Well, McKenna, you know, said it, the drop, the Tower of Terror. But then Aerosmith is kind of getting dated, even though they're, like, going to be legends, you know, in the music industry. It's not going to last forever at Disney. Then you got that Cars area over there. That's kind of... Lightning McQueen Racing Academy. Yeah, oh. I mean, it's cute, but... That's not going to last very long. I don't think it will. Yeah. Um, that's like a whole area. Ooh, I'm angry. Well, wait, I don't understand. What are you going to? Okay. They could change all of that to Marvel. <laughs> Ooh, I'm angry. Why? Are, no, are you saying I it should be the Hulk? I that idea. I don't have. No, they're going to change the okay, rock and roller coaster. I don't coaster. have a huge attachment to the cars area, but the, the rock and roller coaster I do. Why not make rock and roller coaster like an Iron Man? I will kill Iron Man. I will okay, kill well, well, first Iron of Man. All, you, you clearly didn't see the end of Endgame. Um, <laughs> um, there are multiple universes, and I'll go to each one and kill keep, him. Keep the track the same, <laughs> and keep the music really good in there. And turn it into the Hulk coaster. Oh my god! No, I, <laughs> I mean, like, 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 I don't hate the Iron Man idea. You talk about keep the music uh, good. I mean, like, like Tony Stark in the MCU is a big fan of He's classic a metal. Big yeah, so, you that, jerk. That would well, be you, really cool. So I like the idea. I like what you're talking about. I think this is I good. don't like it. I like it. <laughs> well, I don't. I think that would actually be kind of cool. I don't. 
boom, like three to two in your coaster. face, Sam. I like the rock and roller coaster. You came up with the idea. No, I didn't come up with it. I was thinking like a. This is your fault. Disney turd. I like. I like the idea of them putting classic metal in, in rock and roller coaster. You know, and having it be. Tony Stark. Yeah. Doom Eternal. I mean a Disney Doom, turn. turn. Doom Eternal coaster. Because they're cutting all the perks, so why not just cut the things I love? Can we stop I mean, talking you, about you, poop, poop? You do bring up a good point. Eventually, you would think that the Aerosmith license is going to come up. And I mean, like... Aerosmith is a rock, uh, rock and roll icon, legend, legendary band, stuff like that. But in 2021, does that really move the needle for anybody, especially the younger crowd? Yeah. Like, I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people that go to Disney that know Aerosmith is, oh, they're the rock and roller coaster band. Like, like, and that's right. the only exposure they have to them. I mean, yeah, they've probably heard like Walk This Way, but that's because of Run DMC and other stuff. But at the same time, like, they are going to have to figure out something to do with Rock and Roller Coaster because Aerosmith can't stay there forever. Right. So if we could cut through all the nonsense for a moment, I think we have an actual good idea. I don't. Which is to change it to be like a Tony Stark Expo where you go in, the pre-show would be some sort of a demonstration of technology. And guess what? Oh, by the way, you get to fly in this thing mm. in the next room. Yep, And then you move on, you ride the roller coaster, and it's all cool, like you are Iron Man kind of thing. That's pretty cool. I like it. It's so, a good idea. And plus, I mean, the Lightning McQueen Racing Academy or whatever, that's a lot of real estate you can yep. put other stuff in, like character meet and greets. It's like, like yes. that's, that's where my mind immediately goes when you say, what do you want Marvel-wise in the parks? I want to be able to meet Spider-Man. And yes, McKenna, I know I can do it. <laughs> shut up, shut up. Nobody cares. Um... But I want to be able to like just just hug Spider Man because Spider Man's my guy, and yeah. and I want to be able to take pictures with with Spider Man and uh, other characters like Captain America and <laughs> you, Star Wars. You yeah, got like, that over at Disneyland. I swear to Jesus, at mm. Disneyland they literally have those characters. Yeah, well, you're yeah, about to be canceled. Let, let me just go to Disneyland then. Yeah, Disneyland, go. Disneyland's not open, by the way. I don't care. Break in. <laughs> Wear it yourself. I would like to meet Thor and Loki, but Loki, Loki, <laughs> Loki. I did say it weird. Loki, Loki, Loki. I know how to say it. I just it slow. <laughs> Do you shut up? I don't know. Yes. I, I'm a big fan of Loki. I think he's like some independent rapper. <laughs> he, he, fly, he flies. <laughs> like he flies. Rapper, but he flies <laughs> under the radar. So. <laughs> I'm going to sound really dumb on this show. No, no you're not, funny. McKenna. Will don't worry. Uh, yeah. I I will sound. Oh okay, my God. I want to meet Thor and Loki, but I want it to be the real actors. Ah! <laughs> um, I don't know if that would happen. That would be cool. They could make surprise appearances. Like, uh, didn't uh, Tom Tom Holland do that at Disneyland? I feel like he did. that could happen. And, and, and Johnny Depp sometimes randomly just shows up as Jack Sparrow. It's like like Disney doesn't even allow him to do that. He just walks <laughs> in. And it's like, oh, okay, all right. I'm no, here I today. Can't do anything. Yep. I have an idea. Landon and I referenced it in M34D, and that is something we talk about a lot, the Tomorrowland problem. And I've heard that being tossed around in the past as like being kind of a Tony Stark expo. But how about yep. this? Why not turn it into Wakanda? Hmm. Ooh. Where? Tomorrowland. Magic Kingdom. Yeah, that'd be cool. That would be pretty cool. Wakanda's all about technology. Yeah. Like, 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 like our... Ooh. I love the idea, but at the same time, you're you're sacrificing Tomorrowland. Well, uh, it's just 
you're going to keep all the elements. Like, Space Mountain's not going to go away. Um, you know that, Carousel progress! You know that, uh, what is it, like the vibranium train thing? <laughs> People Mover could be themed like that. Exactly. That's Ooh, a, that could be cool. That's a and, good plan. Wow. Well, that's, they just built Tron really Coaster. Cool. Well, Tron Coaster could easily be changed into some sort of a Wakanda thing. Well, uh, uh, speaking of what really, I guess, spawned this, we could uh, overhaul uh, Sam's favorite ride, Carousel of Progress, with Wanda and Vision. Yes, I love that idea. That would be great. I love it, too. Mm -hmm. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one myself. Good job, Landon. Uh, That's fantastic. Let's keep talking about how we can change Carousel of Progress. (laughs) I think that would be super cool because absolutely it could occur in different decades. You know how much much hate... We're going to get for for this segment. This is just a fun... We're not. No. I don't like the idea of changing Tomorrowland. So okay. Let's not talk about that anymore. Well, if, if you want to protect Tomorrowland, what if... What if... I mean, we're already getting the Guardians in Epcot with the roller coaster. What if we put, like, the Wakandan uh, Technology Expo in Epcot, mm-hmm. where Innoventions used to be? Yeah. You could do That's that. I just, I want there to be, because you would actually, the, the reason I thought of Tomorrowland, first of all, you're solving the problem of having to make mm-hmm. it futuristic, because it, it yep. would just be Wakanda. And then you can do something with the old uh, Stitch Great Escape footprint. Maybe that could be a Black Panther meet and greet. I don't know. And by something, you mean uh, expand Stitch to every ride, which is what everybody <laughs> wants, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean... Do you think there would be any Marvel property or any kind of attraction or experience you would put in Animal Kingdom at all? Wait. Hold on. One minute. No. Um, the Tomorrowland thing could just have a Wakandan outpost. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and about that, Animal Kingdom has a lot of Africa in it. Yeah. There could be a Wakandan outpost in there, too. That's true. Oh, okay. I was actually thinking about what about uh, Mbaku, the the character of the of the Wakabi. Like, yeah. like I, I feel like they could they could be oh, in the Animal cool. Kingdom. Is that almost too much of a? I mean, I know that's a big part of the movie, but would people really get that or connect to that? I don't know. I like it. I think it's a great idea, but I don't know. It's not as in your face as well. Here's Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only change that I think they need to do. In Animal Kingdom is the dinosaur area, and uh, I mm-hmm. I like the Zootopia idea. So that's yeah. a good idea. But other um, than that, I think they leave the other areas the same. Well, really would be cool though if they hid it as much as possible, like Wakanda, and then you go in and it's like a huge like in your face like thing. Yeah, that would be cool because that's you know how Wakanda is. Yeah, I like be that very too. Uh, very Diagon Alley. Uh, yeah. To- yes. <laughs> Yes. And 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 what if what if uh they redid uh the It's a Bugs Life show with Ant-Man? And, oh. and, and and it's a it's a show talking about different types of insects. I mean, That's as an good... arachnophobe, my fat bat beh- or fat behind is not going to get on <laughs> Kina, that ride, but still. Kina is not happy. That's fun. I like that cuz I was actually thinking we got to get Ant-Man in there somewhere. That's a good idea. Ants. <laughs> I mean, you could do that in the Honey I Shrunk the Audience Theater. <laughs> Okay, all right. Apparently, um, Epcot is becoming half Marvel now. Yeah, why not? I mean, <laughs> we could diversify the um, Marvel heroes and put them in each country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we could create somewhere in uh, in the world showcase uh, for uh, Sokovia. That's right. That's right. 
<laughs> I just, I think it might work. I had one more suggestion. So altering my Wakanda suggestion for Tomorrowland, what if you just take Rocket Tower Plaza, okay? And that's where, because that's where you get on the people mover. So that could be the vibranium train. And then the, um, the rockets, they get changed into Wakanda ships. She's, she's not happy. McKenna's dying. She's not happy. This is honestly my favorite podcast we've ever done. Just seeing McKenna slowly die inside. <laughs> We're not I predicting the future, by the way, McKenna. Don't like <laughs> any of these ideas. <laughs> these are just fun ideas. I'm usually the one who gives up on these podcasts because I, I like... can't control you all, and now it's McKenna. <laughs> I I like that idea. Thank you. Oh, how the turntables have. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I really think they should do something to Carousel of Progress. I really okay. like my WandaVision. <laughs> I do, too. I mean, if they were going to do anything, I actually would probably be on board with a WandaVision overlay to... They're probably not going to get they rid won't. of the last thing. They won't. No. Yeah, exactly, because that is the last thing that Walt has his fingerprints on. So, sorry, Sam. It my one happen. good idea is not going to happen. Okay, yeah. last, last thing I want to say. Depending on the success of the upcoming Fantastic Four reboot... Oh, my God. I feel like we got to get the Fantastic Four in there somewhere. If they don't do the Fantastic Four justice, I say it is time to give up on the Fantastic Four. Even though they are one mm-hmm. of the most important characters yeah. to Amen. the Marvel Universe. But we just have to give up on them. Yeah. We just will have to. Remind if the MCU can't do it, nobody can. The rock guy is. <laughs> His name is the thing, Ben Grimm. Yeah. The fire guy is. The tor- the human torch. Yeah, that Did somebody I, say I know what fireball? he's called. Fireball. No. I'm 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 No. I know what he's called. I was continuing yeah. mom's no. thing. The stretchy guy is. That ice guy. man, Stretch Armstrong? Yeah, exactly. Mr. Mr. Fantastic. And then of course uh, the see-through lady. <laughs> see-through lady, invisible. She's invisible. Maybe it's just been a long time since I've seen a Fantastic Four movie. They haven't been fantastic. No. <laughs> yeah, the movies are pretty bad. But Disney did get it right, and it was called The Incredibles. So there you go. That's true. All right. Well, if you have some ideas about things you'd love to see, and this doesn't have to really be realistic. We're just playing around with the idea of what kinds of things we'd like to see in the parks, incorporating Marvel, getting our characters in there, changing some experiences. We're just having some fun with it. Where's Bolt? Where is Bolt? Bolt is dead. Bolt is literally dead. They made one movie and they're like, okay, bye, Bolt. Where is he? I don't know why they never really did anything else with him, but uh, I know you were a big fan of that movie, so support Bolt. Support your local local Bolt. Hashtag safe Bolt. Half half time. I can't speak anymore. We're done. But this has been fun. I do want to hear from you all, though. So if you've got your thoughts, ideas, opinions, anything, anything that your little heart desires... I think we're going to get some cool stuff whenever Disneyland does open back up, but I need some of that over here on the East Coast. Maybe some different kinds of things. Let's do it. Can't they just open up a new park for the Marvel? Can't they just open okay up a new that. one? Oh, yeah, I'd be fine with that, too. Mm-hmm. They don't have to ruin anything. It's the, I don't want them to ruin things. I'm just trying to think of plussing things. I don't know. No, they're just <laughs> ruining they're just, it. Just make a new part. They're just little fun ideas. You know, you're you're sounding a lot like a Dillo over there okay, today. But Ooh. you guys have touched things that are very personal and close to me. <laughs> that's exactly that's what, what they, they would say. say. <laughs> See, <laughs> nor I love. That's, that's I a Dillo love saying. when new things are added to the park or when they change things, like for Splash Mountain. Yeah. 
But why are you going? Why, why would do you, have to why take do away you things? specifically come after the things that I like today? I, I feel think. like I could literally take a clip of Theme Park Thursday of Jen this saying exactly what you just said. <laughs> I think I think it's not because we're targeting what you like. It's targeting things that would be very easy to change to Marvel things. Yeah, it's fine. We're, we're not trying. This is we're just joke. It's, you guys hate me. This is a. This I'm is, done with the pod. I'm leaving the <laughs> podcast. We're we're goofing. You'll be fine. We're we're just mm-hmm. bo- we're boot goofing. Boot goofing. <laughs> yeah. Real quick before we wrap it up, I want to point out it. Uh, Mbaku leads the Jabari. I just want to point that out there before somebody gets at me on Twitter. So. Oh, nice. Thank Let's you. Attack yeah. Lander on Twitter, please. Go yeah, ahead. bring it on. Go I am the Monday morning him. monorail uh, uh, hate department. So if you have hate, bring it to me. All right. Well, if you'd like to let us know what your thoughts and ideas about incorporating the more Marvel into the Walt Disney World Resort, what would you love to see? Miles you can Morales. hit us up at Morning Monorail on Twitter, mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. Call the voicemail 407-917-2144. And you can join our Monday Morning Monorail family group on Facebook. Don't forget, Skelligummy everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At Skelligummy on Twitter, Skelligummy on the YouTube and on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Tumblr, I guess. Oh, and Tumblr. Nice. And Landon, Is Tumblr still a thing? I have Apparently. a Tumblr. Okay. I have one. Neat. I, yeah, I learned something today. Landon, let's tell people where they can find you. Oh. <clears throat> L-A-N-D-O-Z. Please go follow me. Landon Don't. I'm the best. Landon Don't. Not the rest. That's where you can uh, follow me. 280 characters at a time on Twitter. And no, I'm not on Tumblr. Uh, I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com. Buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. Okay, well, after that, I'm canceling the website, even though I just auto-renewed for another year. That's where you can find really outdated podcasts. Um, I haven't even updated it in probably over a year, so I don't know why I keep plugging it. So in lieu of that, I invite you to go to the iTunes store and search for Near Fall Radio. That's where myself and Will Rab uh, wax poetic on the sweet science of professional wrestling. Uh, we should have a new episode coming sometime this week, maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if uh, I'm lazy on the editing like I always am, uh, um, uh, we're going to be talking about the first ever All Elite Wrestling Awards that they nominated and some uh, decisions that I think we're going to question, but who knows. And uh, I also appear on the Phil Show, News Talk 987 WOKI, radio station locally here in Knoxville, Tennessee, streaming 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at Newstalk987.com, also available in the Newstalk987 app and the iHeartRadio app as well. And by the way, even though McKenna is now a Dillo, she still has more hair than Frank. So, (laughs) Fact. You're, you're getting a nasty look. McKenna Dillo. Oh, I can see it. My video's working. Like, like throw all the shade you want. <laughs> Landon, don't care. I'm not a Landon, part of this podcast you anymore. Know what? Are you, are you joining Theme Park Thursday? No, I'm not joining any podcast. I'm going to start my own podcast <laughs> where I just am really mean. Well, you do that. Time. You've done that yeah, here for say, two yeah, years. Okay, yeah, it's but I'm going to go do it by myself. <laughs> okay. No, she'll be back next week as long as you believe it in your hearts and you clap your hands. And- Don't clap. <laughs> so McKenna's going to start posting emo uh, blogs on uh, LiveJournal, so be sure to follow that. LiveJournal? Uh-huh. Uh, she'll be posting Evanescence lyrics, too. So, you know, that's going to be fun. Wake me up inside. Oh, I, I, I will be I posting hate towards um, at 
Landaws? No, no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> don't encourage that. No, but don't forget, guys. You can join us Tuesday nights. We do do a we do do a live show. Bringing it back to poop. Yeah. With, <laughs> with, five. with Frank and Jen from Theme Park Thursday with Dillo's Diz every Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. It's on the Dillo's Diz YouTube. You can also stream it on the Monday Morning Monorail Family Group on Facebook. It goes simulcast to both places. Chat with us in the chat box. We love to see you. Landon's there sometimes, and we have a great time. But if you can't join us there, come back here next Monday. It'll be our final week having just one show, because starting in February, every workday, baby. Get ready. More monorail than you can handle coming at you. But we love you all. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a magical week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for riding with us today. We hope you enjoyed the journey, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then, we want to hear from you. Send us questions, comments, and suggestions on Twitter at Morning Monorail. Our email address is mondaymorningmonorail at gmail.com. You can also call our voicemail at 407-917-2144. As we approach the station, gather your belongings, and please watch your step as you exit. <laughs> See y'all real soon.